Okay. So we'll jump to this one. What is Leighton's thoughts on crop rotation? Well, you know, to be honest, I think it's it's critical. I mean, if you want to talk about regenerative agriculture, it's critical. You you can't do it in monocropping. You just can't. Um, you need you need animals. You need rota rotating crops, um, minimalized tillage. Um, you know, roller crimper. Uh, you know, there's there's techniques to doing it, but. Mm -hmm. As far as ever regenerating soil using monocropping, forget it. it's not you. You can be sustainable, but that's flatlining again. You're not you're not improving. You're not getting better, but you're not sinking. So, mm -hmm. I hope hopefully that answers that question. Well, I think there's another aspect as well. Like I know up in Canada. Um, for the organic, they have to, like, they've got brassicas here. They can't put brassicas in that area again. They have to change out. But then in, in some ways, and they're also working up the soil, you're changing the biology because each, like, brassicas have a biology that works best for brassicas. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so on your crop rotation in a row like that, you know, try to stick within the same, you know, basic... Um, plant genre, I guess, would be a good way to put it. Succession. In that same, success, yeah. Plant succession. Yeah, and then you, you're sticking with that biology that works best for Agreed. that group of plants. Agreed. You're not reinventing the wheel every time. So you'd yep. want to be using other brassicas or, or uh, wetland species plants, something early succession, and then come back the year after and then replant it with your, your cash crop. But yeah. not all farmers can do that. Like if you're leasing land or you're mm -hmm. in a small environment where you have to produce X every year, that's that's difficult. Um, you know, and again, I, when when I'm asked that question, I'm thinking, you know, hundreds of acres. I'm not thinking about a yeah. home homestead farm where it's no problem. <coughs> you can easily just <clears throat> shift around. <clears throat> but I love your advice about being more careful about succession. But Really, in most row crops, and, and I'm not talking about trees, right? I'm talking about mm -hmm. literally 90-day crops, the vast majority of them like a one-to-one -one ratio, one fungi to one bacteria. I have to use that because I don't have any other parameters, right? We, mm -hmm. we don't have all the proof that that's the perfect situation or scenario, but it is pretty clear that you do need some saprophytic fungi as well as bacteria um, in conjunction, if you're going to have a healthy soil that's going to produce decent nutrient levels in your food. Yeah. So we're talking about terra preta. So, uh, so oh. we're digging 18 inch and two foot deep, two foot wide trenches inside or filling with leaves, old wood chips and cannabis biomass. We're making and inoculating biochar with lease, uh, yeast, lactobacillus, and purple non-sulfur bacteria. Very cool. So you basically created a, what's called a Wenigrensky column, which is something where the purple sulfur bacteria live on the bottom. <clears throat> Lactose are on the top, I believe, close to it. And it's a feedback loop. 
So in this situation, everything is going back, or should be doing this way, back through the whole system. It's a, it's a, it's an ecosystem. You, you yeah. basically create an ecosystem. Now, the interesting thing about that is, is when you add in chips and leaves and stuff, you now you're creating uh, moisture or water holding capacity. So that's going to shift a little bit. But we know for sure the lacto uh, lacto is going to do fine. Um, the yeasts may come and go. You, you may lose the yeast. The purple sulfur guys, they'll do fine in that environment uh, because if it goes anaerobic, no big deal. And I would have to believe in a, a wet environment. Again, I don't know where you live in the world. Um, in a very wet environment, that is going to be more of an anaerobic digester than an aerobic digester because you've dug a hole. And again, I don't know your soil conditions. I don't know if it's a draining yeah. soil. Like um, one of the things that I, you know, do often when I have a new client is I'll dig a hole, um, depending on what I'm trying to do. I try to find the horizons. So if I, I, if I really need a lot of data, I'll get a backhoe or an excavator and I'll dig a ditch and really try to find out where, where my different horizons are. Um, mm -hmm. If I don't have the capacity to do that, I'll just dig a small hole, uh, you know, like a compound bucket sized or a five gallon bucket sized. Um, as deep as I can uh, and making sure that I've gotten all the loose dirt out and then I pour water in there, two, three gallons of water. And then I wait and watch and time. If I'm drained within half an hour, um, I would say that's okay uh, because that would be, that would pass what we call a septic system design per test. Yeah. Um, and it, it'll also give you generally, um, if water infiltrates, how long will it sustain before it's gone, right? How long will that rain last in that soil system before you need another rain or you need to supplement water? Um, so the other test that I often do in this scenario is what's called an infiltration test. So that's where you take a pipe and you pound it down in the soil deep enough, like an inch or two, just so that when you pour water in it, the water doesn't run out from underneath it, right? That's really important if you're going to do an infiltration test so i'll okay. often take a two inch piece of pvc pipe uh i'll cut it you know a couple of uh, six eight inches long i'll bevel the bottom edge so it's easy to pound in the soil that flat edge pounding into hard soil you're gonna you're gonna break the pipe trying to do it right so create a nice sharp edge on it uh, <laughs> i usually use a block of wood on top so again i'm not like breaking off chunks <clears throat> of the pvc when i'm beating it with a sledgehammer because that's what it's going to take yeah. And I beat it down until <clears throat> I can take that the pipe that's sticking out and I can't wiggle it. Like I don't like get after it, but I'm like, you know, yeah, it's snug, it's tight. Yeah, right. Pretty, pretty rigid, like, you know, shake. Yeah. Once I can't get it to move much, <clears throat> unless I really get aggressive, then I'll pour about an inch of water into it. Sometimes two. But again, mm -hmm. what I want to do is measure for one inch or to mm -hmm. depending on what you want, but one inch is generally enough, but one inch isn't always easy to do. Sometimes you have to go a little bit more. Like you're in the field, you're trying to pour water, you know, you, you can't really get your finger in there to see how deep where the soil is. So try to shoot for one. If you hit two, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. 